Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Five, four, three, two, one. Cue music. This is Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Welcome to Movies First. I'm Chris Coleman and with me is Alex First. We're going to talk about the movies and this is a fun one. Uh, We have lamented on a previous edition... uh, uh, about Boxing Day blockbusters and, and sort of the lack thereof. This one, funnily enough, has come out in some parts of the world ahead of Boxing Day, but it's a Boxing Day release in Australia. It is called Sing, and it is a beautiful-looking animated film, Alex. Oh, it's stunning. I loved it. Really enjoyed it. And it's the whole family who can get down and get get to enjoy it. It's a G-rated movie, which we don't we don't get enough of, I reckon. This is sort of a wonderful, festive season fair. 108 minutes. And colourful characters, great soundtrack, elements of The Voice and X Factor. Well, they were my immediate reflections when considering this latest animation from the studio that brought us Despicable Me. That was a lot of fun. The Lorax and Minions. And it's the first collaboration between writer-director Garth Jennings, who was responsible for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and the founder and CEO of Illumination Entertainment, Chris Melodandry. Now, it's set in a world like ours. Do you remember Zootopia? Mm -hmm. That was entirely inhabited by animals. Yep. So this one. It stars Buster Moon, the unmistakable voice of Matthew McConaughey. I I have a problem here, Alex. Well, you shouldn't have a problem, Christopher. (laughs) I have a problem here. See, Buster Moon is a koala, correct? Yes, and you're going to tell me that McConaughey is not an Australian. Well, I was going to. I was going to say Matthew McConaughey is, is not Australian. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, d- I mean, does it matter? This uh, is an playing. Are you saying that? Well, hang on. So, does that mean that if you've got an Indigenous person, it has to be an Indigenous person playing an Indigenous person? Well, no, I don't know. But do we get a, uh, the dingo's got my baby? No, we right. don't. Okay, so we don't get what, what do, does does Matthew McConaughey try an Australian accent, or does it just roll along without that? You know, the funny thing is, I didn't even pay attention, but okay. I, don't, I don't believe that he does. No, All right, okay, no, he's it, just a, it, he happens to be a koala. I just have but, a thing: koalas should have Australian accents. Yeah, okay. I'm going to have to watch the film again now because I'm afraid that I didn't. I, I should have, but I didn't pay enough attention to the accent because the last time I checked, a koala doesn't actually speak. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It should still have an Australian accent. This from and, the man. And, and an apostrophe the, S. Yes, this from the man who puts an apostrophe between S's. That's exactly what I was thinking. He's worried about a koala speaking Australian. I, I put an apostrophe S in when said apostrophe S is warranted, when it is grammatically correct. So because a koala is Australian, you need an Australian actor to play the voice of the koala. Is that right? Well, I think an Australian voice would, would, would help. 
Movies First. Reviews, previews and more with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Buster Moon presides over a once grand theatre that has fallen on hard times. And he's an eternal, some might even say delusional optimist. Actually, that's an appropriate word at this point. Delusional, is it mm. not? Yeah, anyway. Well, you're talking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Buster loves his theatre above all else and will do anything to preserve it. Now, faced with the crumbling of his life's ambition, he's got one final chance to restore his fading jewel to its former glory by producing the world's greatest singing competition. Five lead contestants emerge. They include Mike, Seth MacFarlane's voice. It's a mouse which croons as smoothly as it cons people, this little mouse does. Mina, Tori Kelly, a timid teenage elephant with an enormous case of stage fright. Then there's Rosita, Reese Witherspoon, an overtaxed mother run ragged, tending a litter of 25 piglets. Johnny, Taron Edgerton, young gangster gorilla looking to break free of his family's criminal activities. And finally, you've got Ash, Scarlett Johansson's voice, a punk rock porcupine. Oh, cool. Stru- yeah, struggling to shed herself of her arrogant boyfriend and go solo. Just lovely, lovely characters. Each arrives believing this is their shot to change the course of their lives. And as Buster coaches each of his contestants closer to the grand finale, he starts to learn that maybe the theatre isn't the only thing in need of saving. Because in Sing, the performers struggle with everyday problems. They feel overlooked by family. They worry about bills, overcoming barriers that prevent happiness and growing comfortable in their own skin. The vocal talent also extends to John C. Riley as Mr Moon's best friend, who happens to be a wealthy sheep. Jennifer Saunders plays an ageing and crotchety diva and the wealthy sheep's granny. And Jennifer Hudson as that same diva, but younger. So that's some of the vocal talent. In addition, the writer-director Jennings' voice is one of the supporting and scene-stealing players. When his character, Miss Crawley, who's Buster's longtime assistant, an elderly female lizard who's constantly, literally dropping an eye, when Miss Crawley makes a typographical mistake, that sets in motion the events in Sing. You see, the flyer that she prints out prompting the voice contest, the singing contest, promises $100,000 to the lucky winner, not the $1,000 that Mr Moon intended. Uh-oh. Well, you can imagine how many people are lined up for 100 k <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like to know what a koala does with $100,000, but yeah, okay. Well, how much can a koala bear? Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Look, the, the picture features, now believe this, 65 hit songs, Chris. That's amazing. Ranging from covers of classic Frank Sinatra and the soulful R&B of Drake to the infectious pop of Katy Perry and Lady Gaga. So Sing is rich and lively, establishes the backgrounds of each of the key characters early on, then introduces other bit players to flesh out the main game. So there are many stories within stories which help to make this the the charmer that it turns out to be. The personalities, well, they're diverse, they're engaging throughout, and with Buster Moon's luck, it's inevitable things will go wrong regularly. And the twists and turns in the script, its surprises, together with its good humour and heart, elevates Sing beyond the ordinary. The colour palette is delightful. The choice of songs, 
Well, it's almost perfect. Although I would have preferred the final number from the timid elephant, the zenith of the show, to have been stronger. The filmmakers, well, they could have shaved 10 or 15 minutes off the running time, 108 minutes, and that wouldn't have adversely impacted the narrative. I'm being nitpicky, though. Overall, Sing is beaut, feel-good, holiday fare for the whole family. It's lovely. It really is lovely. Movie you should go along and see. And I've got to ask you this. If a koala has to be voiced by an Australian... I didn't say it had to be voiced by an Australian. I just said it had to have an Australian accent. Right. Sort of like Meryl Streep in The Dingo Took My Baby. Ah, well, you see, there's the thing. Having a good Australian accent, yes. (laughs) Yeah. All right, now, because I was wondering what a timid, timid teenage elephant, what, what country or nationality the actor should be. Well, that depends. Is it an Indian elephant or an African <laughs> elephant? Of course, of course. And, 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 and I bet a... you can't answer that. I didn't, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't inspect the undercarriage of the elephant or its actual size, and maybe I should have. Um, and what, about the, what about a piglet? Or a pig? What what country can a pig? That could that could be multinational, could it not? Well, pigs are truly global. Pigs can uh, be whatever and, they want. And a gorilla? <laughs> Go away! Give me a score for <laughs> sing. A punk, and a punk rock porcupine? Yeah, just give us a score. Come on. I mean, shouldn't that have been an English an English actor? Alex. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> and it was Scarlett Johansson. Alex, give us a score. All right. Seven and a half to eight out of ten. Go Go and see Sing. (laughs) You've been listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows.